Hey everyone, and welcome to The Webline, a podcast about Spider-Man and his amazing world. Here we discuss all aspects of our favorite web-slinger in a fun, informal, but informative format. I am your humble host, the Spidey Librarian, and this week I'm happy to kick off the first Spidey Games episode of the podcast. Spidey Games will focus on individual Spider-Man video game reviews, as well as more generalized topics involving Spider-Man's place in video game media. To celebrate, I'll be doing a retro review of the 1991 Sega Genesis game, Spider-Man vs. The Kingpin. This is probably the first Spider-Man game I not only owned, but really made me feel like I was the wall crawler as opposed to playing a character named Spider-Man. This side-scrolling platforming adventure holds a warm place in my memory, and I was recently able to replay it in an online emulator. Be sure to subscribe to the webline on your favorite podcast service and leave us a like, review, and follow where appropriate. If you're on a service that doesn't carry the webline, let me know by just shooting me an email at spideylibrarian at gmail.com, and I'll do what I can to get it pushed out to you. And finally, for those of you here on the live stream with me today, please be sure to thwip the like button and chime in with your perspectives in chat. But before we do a daring dive into our timely topic, it's time to dish on the latest spiderific developments with our knockout news segment, The Bugle Newsflash. Okay, and it looks like we've only got one really kind of newsworthy topic for this week, and it involves uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2. You guys who listen to the podcast already know I am looking forward to this game. It's coming out in a little over a month. I am chomping at the bit for it, and hopefully October 20th will get here in, you know, relatively short order. Anyways, uh, Insomniac, the developer of the game, was on a marketing blitz this week. It, it was like a tear. They released six character posters over a span of like maybe two or three days, and they all look gorgeous. The posters that were released include Peter Parker in the advanced suit, Miles Morales in the upgraded suit, Craven, Peter Parker as the symbiote, just wearing the symbiote, the Lizard, and then Venom. And they all look gorgeous. I can't wait to take these images and use them in some of my thumbnails after I remove the backgrounds. You guys know how it goes. Uh, but no, they, they look fantastic, and they just kind of put them out like one after the other. They did Peter and Miles together, and then like it was either later that day or the next day they did Craven and then Symbiote Peter. And then I think the day after that, they did Lizard, and then later that day, Venom. And again, they look great. Uh, the Lizard one is, uh, is arguably the first really clear look you get at the character. Venom just looks... <laughs> he's got a big toothy grin. He's got that big long tongue. He, he, he looks like a happy dog. He looks like a happy, terrifying dog. So anyways, I made a short about it. You should go see it. It's a lot of fun. All right. And really, I mean, that's kind of all there is this week. So I'm just going to go ahead and head into the outro for this segment. And that's all the Spidey news for this week. Now, let's get ready for our feature segment, 
a Spidey Games retro review of the 1991 video game Spider-Man vs. the Kingpin. is I'm going to put a video of myself playing Spider-Man versus the Kingpin in a corner here and so that you guys can get a look at how the game looks as opposed to just hearing me talk about it. So we have got that going right now. So feel free to have a look. This will give you an idea of what the game actually looks like. Keep in mind, these are 1991 graphics. And I think for the time, these are actually pretty excellent, but I'll talk more about that in a little bit. I would guess the intersection of people who love Spider-Man and people who love video games, or at the very least, play them on a semi-regular basis. Video games, like books, movies, and comics, give us an escape into adventures that we might not otherwise be able to experience. And superheroes such as Spider-Man have been a natural fit for the video game medium almost since its inception some decades ago. One such game I remember being particularly obsessed with as an adolescent was the 1991 Spider-Man video game for the Sega Genesis, Spider-Man vs. the Kingpin. It inspired, compelled, frustrated, and amazed me with a Spider-Man experience that, at the time, I'd never had and didn't know that you could have. So this game, as I mentioned, came out in 1991, and there's not a whole lot of history behind its development that appears to be documented. It was developed by Technopop, which I believe the head of that company's name was like Randall B. Rice. And I believe this was probably the most popular game it put out. Now, this game, at least according to what little I was able to find on it, apparently single-handedly convinced Sega to keep using superheroes as subjects for video games. Now, the game actually does have like three different versions, and the earliest one is the one that I am covering. They call it the Sega Mega Drive version. I call it the Genesis version. And this, it, this version right here that you can see kind of in one corner of the screen is uh, it was very popular with comic book fans. Again, the, uh, the graphics, the, the, the colors, everything, it just really kind of worked. It had really nice recreations of the characters. Um, you can see like Spider-Man clinging to the, uh, to, to the wall right there, or actually the ceiling. Uh, that was one of the first things that I loved about this game. Um, the idea behind this one is that, and I, I believe this holds true with most of these versions, is that the Kingpin has decided to hire a bunch of Spider-Man's foes to come out and basically kind of wreak havoc. He says, he goes on TV saying that Spider-Man is going to detonate a bomb in the city. We all know that it's actually Kingpin, but he has at least temporarily turned the public against Spider-Man. There was also a Master System, or and, and I think a, a Sega Game Gear version, which I think was just, it was an 8-bit version. This, this is a 16-bit version of the game that is currently playing, and that I played 
uh, recently on, on an online emulator. And uh, it had the same basic format, although apparently was way more difficult. I didn't know that because when I replayed this, I already was having difficulty with this version. It it kind of, I think I needed three separate playthroughs to finally complete the game. But with that said, you could complete the game in, uh, I don't know, probably about an hour. Finally, the the version that I know a lot of people talk about that I have never played because I just didn't have one of these systems at, at, at that age. I didn't have, uh, I, 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 we didn't have a whole lot of money. So, but there was a, a Sega CD version or the, or the Mega CD version. And again, same basic plot, but they added a lot more bells and whistles to it, better graphics. You had, uh, I think you had some cutscenes and some voice acting. And apparently, like there was there was an entire score that was going on to it. They also added some extra levels because it looks like Mysterio and the Vulture are included as 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 villain bosses that you fight. I've never experienced any of that. So, um, but apparently, the Sega CD version is probably the superior version to this. I don't care. This is the one I grew up with. This was the one I loved. So, I mean, again, we had three just different kind of versions of this game but uh overall the one that i am talking about today is going to be the sega genesis version that you can see playing in the corner right here so <laughs> all right uh basic plot is very again very simple kingpin bomb gonna detonate it in spider-man's name and uh basically has given keys to each of spider-man's arch nemeses and you need all like five or six keys to deactivate the bomb and then you have to uh then you have to fight kingpin because when it looks like his bomb plot is not going to work then he goes and kidnaps mary jane which is hilarious because he doesn't know that spider-man is peter parker and so he just says i've kidnapped your friend's wife and uh yeah it's 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 not the greatest plot in the world it's just an excuse to move spider-man through a video game and i'm okay with it it's 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 fine by me we're going to talk a little bit about the gameplay and the mechanics um so essentially the controls are pretty simple you've got a side scrolling kind of 2d adventure here um and so you are using the directionals to kind of go left and right um you can actually angle your web shots uh like diagonally upwards which is really nice what else let's see there's web swinging which you would just hold down the web shot button to to actually like throw out a web line and swing and then you also have um oh wall crawling of course uh you can you can wall crawl in actually three different dimensions which was a bit of a surprise to me when I first learned it. Now, you can scale the, most of the walls that are directly kind of in front of you, like, so you can climb up them. Uh, there is also the ceilings. You can you can kind of cling onto those as well. It does take a little bit of timing to do, but it's basically the same button that you would use to cling to the walls. It's just you have to do it when you're, like, heads up against the ceiling, and then you attach to it. And then on some levels, like the lizard's sewer, you, you can actually cling to like the, the background wall, the, the wall that's like, you know, right there that you're, that you're kind of, uh, it's in the background as you're walking across. You can actually stick to that on some levels. And that's really nice. That applies to buildings and things like that. 
So there's a lot of versatility of movement that you have in this game from the get-go. The controls are a little bit clunky in places. Sometimes you have to be really precise with your timing in order to get things correct, but it wasn't anything that you couldn't overcome with a little bit of work and a little bit of experience and probably more than a little bit of frustration too. Level design, I mean, they're fairly, they're fairly simple. You are just kind of placed in what is essentially a kind of mini maze level or like this first level right here is just kind of a warehouse and you just have to make your way through it. You, you, might, you might be able to explore some areas that you don't have to go in, but for the most part, it's pretty straightforward. You just kind of get to the end and there's usually a boss there waiting to, to do battle for you. Overall gameplay experience, it, it's a lot of fun. Again, the graphics are 30 years old, but for the time, this was pretty, like, probably not even the best graphics at the time, but it was still very reminiscent of the comic books. It really kind of felt like you were playing a comic book, and you really wouldn't get this experience, like, quite the same experience again. I would argue until like Ultimate Spider-Man came along. Now, some people might say that like Maximum Carnage uh, did something similar, but uh, yeah, but not really. I, I felt like this was overall a little bit smoother and a little bit more just kind of desirable, uh, at least in terms of my own kind of gaming and Spidey sensibilities. If there were any unique features to this game, there were a few that I really enjoyed. There was um, there was the ability to take pictures. There actually is a way to do that. And when I'm playing in the uh, emulator here, I had forgotten how to do that. And so it took me a while to figure out how I could do that um, again. Uh, you also have the option of calling up a web shield. So that way um, it, it'll last for like two hits. And so if you're having particular difficulty with an enemy, you can like keep summoning up a web shield and then just basically ignore their next two hits until you are, um, and so that way you can have a better chance at getting a, a shot in on them. And then you also have the ability to leave the stage that you're in, go to Peter Parker's apartment and then sleep. Uh, you just, you know, you just kind of hang out there until your health refills essentially. Now, one of the reasons you might not want to do that is that this game basically gives you 24 in-game hours to beat it. And as you can see, my, uh, my, my timing right now is like at 21 hours. That's because I didn't manage to beat the stage before I got knocked out. And whenever you get arrested and have to bust out, you lose two hours of time. So you can essentially trigger the bomb if you are not able to if you have to continue too many times so you have to be careful you have to be good and again like this is uh this is like the early 90s this this, this is gameplay that does not exactly take prisoners i was kind of stuck at one point um actually at more than one point where my foes were above me and just shooting bullets and they wouldn't stop and it was hard not to get hit by the bullets so you have to uh you have to be careful and you have to be good there aren't really many other unique gameplay features that I remember, um, but uh, you know, you had the you had the diagonal webbing. You could take the pictures of your enemies, which at this point I had not learned. Uh, the ability to go and rest up at Peter Parker's apartment and regain health at the cost of your time, and then you also had 
the web shields, which were very helpful if you were having difficulty with an enemy. Graphics and sound. Let's talk a little bit about the graphics. So again, I mentioned earlier that these graphics are probably not the best from that era. They're still pretty good. They're, it, it flows very smoothly. Um, the colors and the overall designs look pretty decent. A little gritty for today's gamer, but if you take a look at, like, for instance, Doc Ock and a couple of other foes, you can actually see from their sprites that they look like Eric Larson drew them. Like it, like, And Eric Larson, I believe, was probably illustrating Amazing Spider-Man at or near the time that this game came out. So I thought that was a really nice touch, and I believe that that really kind of, uh, at least to me, lent an air of authenticity to the game, that the sprites looked that good. But for the most part, you know, you have like one or two kind of variations on the enemy sprites, uh, and that's just mostly in like their their poses and stuff. Like the, the lizard comes to mind. Uh, you'll see him swooping his tail at you. You'll see him kind of duck down on the ground whenever you duck to face him. Um, and he's, it's like he's facing off with you. That's, that's a pretty cool look. But for the most part, you just kind of, uh, you kind of get the one sprite that you're fighting against and, uh, not too terribly much else, which is, I mean, again, it's fine. I, 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 it's, it's a limitation of the time and it works pretty well. Overall character designs, I think are excellent. You basically, again, you have the, oh, and this, this is where, okay, it, Sorry, I'm at a point in the game where one of my uh, viewers had told me this is where you can find out how to the, how to use the camera and things. So uh, uh, I discovered it a little bit into the stream, which was, uh, again, really nice of my viewers. So thank you to Sith Apple there. Anyways, um, but yeah, the, the animations are good, like Spidey crawling on the walls and ceilings uh, always looks great. His jump kick does look a little lame. It, it just kind of looks like, you know, you know, they just animate like a little leg sticking out. It's not the best in the world. Um, but I mean, like the like, like when he swings on the web line, I think he looks really good there. Um, I mean, especially for, for a 2D. Let me think. You also have a lot of his other general fighting poses, the shooting of the web bullets and everything. Those all look great. The enemy movements all look fine. Their their animations look great. Um, I would say probably the biggest cop-out is actually Electro, who kind of floats around on like an electricity cloud, and he moves really fast. Like He just kind of gets to where he, he's at your level and just shoots bolt after bolt after you um, just really quickly. And so you don't get to see Electro very well. I find that to be slightly annoying, but otherwise, you know, not bad. Uh, Venom keeps popping up in this game sometimes whenever like you're around a boss. I think the intent was that you had to beat him before you fought the boss. Th that never really happened with me. I always just kind of kept going until the boss came up. And I think when my health was low enough, then um, Venom would leave and just let me face the boss in a weakened state. You know, like they do. Overall, it was, uh, it, it was you know, it, it, it was fun watching these characters in the game. And it was, it was fun watching them move, too. The environments, I mean, it is a fairly varied environment. You've, uh, you've got, like, the warehouse environment for the first stage. You've got a sewer which is considerably darker and at 
and at places you can cling to the walls on it. There are alligators in the sewer. There are these weird-looking frogmen. There are bats. You just kind of got to avoid them. And uh, I think the way that I got through a lot of this level was to just kind of web-swing all the way through it. Uh, the power plant is a lot brighter and a lot more... Um, I, gu I guess the scenery is a lot more dangerous because you have uh, electricity power flow th uh, things that are shooting out beams whenever you get near them. Um, so you, you have a bunch of detailed environments. You're going to get several different types of detailed envir environments, including a, a 2D cityscape, which is actually pretty limited. Um, it's, it's maybe like a block long. And it's in front of the Daily Bugle, so near the end of the game, you get to see J. Jonah Jameson yelling at you. You can actually take a picture of him for money for your web fluid, which I also thought was pretty funny. But uh, but yeah, I don't know if I had mentioned the, the picture-taking mechanic. I think I'd mentioned it briefly, but you get money for those pictures, and that money goes to refilling your web fluid, which does run out as you use your webs. So again... A lot of adherence to the comics and the established world of the comics at that time. So, again, uh, I'm going to admit to being biased here. I loved this game and, and uh, you know, flaws and all. This is a very frustrating game to play. Um, you know, between the controls, which are good but not perfect, and then just the difficulty and the relentlessness of some of the enemies, even the minor enemies you can find yourself having to replay this game quite a bit, which is fine if you're able to kind of stomach it, but some people might not like that. Let's talk about soundtrack and sound effects. There really isn't a lot going on here. For one, um, there's certainly nothing in the way of, like, voice cast. There, there, there are no vocals in this game. So you're basically dealing with some background music to each stage, which is decent. It... It sets the mood appropriately for each one. The one for the like the sewer stage where you fight the lizard is pretty, um, you know, it's 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 a little bit gloomy, a little bit dark, kind of like the stage itself. The warehouse stage at the beginning is fairly nondescript. It's your basic, ah, eh, you know, it's a warehouse, you know, you know, just kind of get in there and do the thing. There are some sound effects in the game where, like, when you get um, when you get hit, when you throw out web bullets or a web line, uh, whenever you punch or kick, and they're again they're they're nothing to write home about. They are memorable enough in context. You, it's just hey, you can you can hear Spider-Man throwing out a punch. There's a uh, one kind of funny sound effect where J. Jonah Jameson yells at Spider-Man during one of the final stages of the game. And he just literally comes up to you and you just hear it's sort of like Charlie Brown's teacher in the in the Peanuts cartoons. And it's literally him coming up to Spider-Man and going wah, 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 and just kind of like wagging a finger at him. Uh, so it's pretty hilarious. Um, that's that's really funny. But aside from that, everything else is pretty generic, you know, punching sound, kicking sound, occasionally getting hit sound. And uh, it's it's all right. The music is fine. Sound design is nothing to write home about, but it's not bad either. So overall, a good gameplay experience that I remember from this game. Now let's talk a little bit about playing on an online emulator. Uh, I don't remember the name of the emulator, 
but it was one of the first that I found whenever I did a uh, search of play Spider-Man versus the Kingpin. Probably has the word retro in the in the domain name. And it was, um, how, to, how to put it, it was overall a pretty positive experience. The big question that I had was, was I going to be forced to use a keyboard to play this game? Because I, I know I wasn't going to be able to use a mouse to do it. And I'm happy to announce that you didn't have to do that. You actually could plug in a controller to your computer through, uh, through the USB. And then once the computer could read the controller, you can actually map the buttons to your controller's buttons. And that was really nice. It was a little complicated. I had to kind of, you know, trial and error it quite a bit. But eventually I figured out a configuration that worked for my PlayStation 5 controller. I actually took a screenshot of the controller configuration. And then I just uh, I just used that uh, setup when I uh, when I played. So it worked out pretty well. Um, it takes a little bit of doing. Otherwise, if you're okay learning to use the keyboard to do it, you I imagine you could play it on the keyboard. That's simply not how I played this game as a kid. Um, I really wanted to have a controller, and so I took the extra steps to make sure that you could do that. Now, there are probably a couple of other aspects of emulation that I could have taken advantage of. I know that save states tend to be a thing in emulation. I actually did not do that. I actually just kind of played through old school style. And I think I kind of preferred it that way, at least for my, you know, at least for the purposes of playing the game for reaction and review on this podcast. Um, I kind of wanted to do it as close to my original experience as I could so that I had to deal with the difficulty. I had to deal with the frustration that came with that difficulty. And then I had to get, you know, better as I, uh, as I actually, you know, did it. But overall, um, that, uh, that, that worked out fine. The emulation, I think, was uh, an overall positive experience. I really kind of I really kind of find emulation to be important. And before before anyone kind of shouts copyright infringement at me, I just want to make the case. All right. Two like two, I feel very relevant uh pieces of information that apply here. Uh one, I have owned a copy of this game. And so as as best I can tell, uh since I had purchased this game at one point, you know, and I don't know, maybe my interpretation would not not hold up in court. I don't care. I basically have owned this game at one point, and so I feel like since I, at least 30 years ago, had a legally purchased copy of this game, um, if I want to play it now and I don't have any other way to play it, I'm going to go ahead and, and do that, and I'm not going to feel bad about it. The other, the other aspect that I would like to bring up is that Emulators, I feel, are very important for kind of preserving uh, video games. You know, I feel like in a lot of ways, especially the way that games are kind of like uh, gaming as service, we we tend to lose a lot of games like forever very quickly as soon as they are no longer profitable. And I feel like that's kind of like a part of our, you know, for, for lack of a better term, digital heritage uh, that you know, goes away if, um, you know, if a game just, you know, ceases to be, to make money 
for someone that I don't know and I can't see and I, you know, I don't really care about, you made the game, I would like to be able to come back and play it. And as consoles evolve, and now with the internet and everything, I feel like emulators have a place in this conversation and that there there are certain games that I'm never going to be able to play a game again. There are certain Spider-Man games that I'm never going to be able to play again or at all. And that really makes me sad. So I'm just I'm just glad that there are emulators such as this one that have at least some Spider-Man games that, you know, I otherwise don't currently have access to. So I I again feel emulators are kind of a worthwhile uh, component of preserving our kind of video gaming digital heritage. And I, uh, you know, again, I also feel I've, I've owned a copy of this game just because I may not have it anymore. doesn't mean I didn't plunk down or my, you know, probably in my case, my folks didn't plunk down uh, whatever exorbitant amount of money they wanted uh, to purchase this game at the time. So I, I, I feel emulators, at least in this, in cases like this, are perfectly a way to go. Now, if you are using an emulator, for instance, to play Marvel's Spider-Man 2, um, well, there I'm not going to support you. Go buy the game. You know, you, you, you should be supporting the people that, that make these games. But a lot of retro games, though, are only accessible through emulators, and I really kind of feel like that's an important thing. You know, gamers have long memories. We have a lot of games that we like, a lot of games that gave us good feelings when we were younger. And to be able to access those games is just kind of something that we really want that a lot of companies, uh, including, you know, Nintendo, for instance, they, they will only do it if it's profitable. And I understand it's a business. That's fine. But, you know, businesses have a lot of power. And that uh, th that means they have a responsibility, not just to their corporate shareholders either, to the people that buy their games, to the people that give them money, to the people that give money to their shareholders. Anyways, I could get on an entire soapbox about this, but I'll just go ahead and cut it short and just say I played this on an, on an online emulator and if you think somehow that that's wrong, well, that you are welcome to that opinion. <laughs> All right. Overall thoughts, though. Spider-Man versus the Kingpin is probably never going to go down as one of the great Spider-Man games in history. Um, we've definitely come a long way in gaming since then. I, th this game is over 30 years old at this point. And I think, uh, I, I think overall, this was one of those games that really kind of i i feel like it didn't it it, it did raise the bar um and i feel like it kind of set the bar for a gaming experience that that other games and and other spider-man games would eventually come to i, I would say meet w with a fair amount of ease especially when you start getting into like the 3d open world games but it was a game that at least for me at that time uh, really kind of rekindled my love for the wall crawler. I know I had read some Spider-Man comics up at that point. Um, I think at that point in my life, the X-Men were more my jam. But I really kind of enjoyed uh, playing this and was just like, you know, I really got into the lore and all of Spider-Man's foes and all of, all of, all of that. There was, there was just the overall trying to not get frustrated as the game was relentless and trying to keep me down. 
Really liked it. I don't even know that this would necessarily make the top 10 Spider-Man games out there these days, because there have been a whole lot of pretty good Spider-Man games that have come out since then. But I have no problem believing this would make a top 20, um, maybe a top 25 list. But uh, overall, um, I feel like this was a good step. Like, the, this game represented a positive step in the direction of Spider-Man in video games. And uh, again, at the time, this when this game came out in 1991, this was a Spider-Man experience, the likes of which you would not have had. And um, it might have gotten matched fairly quickly with some of the other games. But uh, it's, it, it was a fun ride while it lasted. And so I think it's a really good, maybe not terribly significant stepping stone in Spider-Man video gaming history, but a nice memorable one that... If you like retro games, you should definitely try it out and take the, you know, I don't know, a couple of hours that it'll probably take you to to actually win the game. Anyways, um, let's see. I don't know that I have a lot more to say about this game. Um, I feel like one of the things that I really liked about this game the most was when, and and this probably sounds corny and not funny at all, but there is a there's a scene where Spider-Man is kind of talking, he's monologuing, and he says, like, well, if the Kingpin thinks that's going to happen, then he's out of his polyunsaturated mind. <laughs> and I don't know why, but that quote sticks with me for some reason. Um, I also really like the way that Doc Ock looked. I like the way that Hobgoblin looked. Uh, Venom could have been a little bit bigger and bulkier. Uh, Lizard was pretty good. Sandman was kind of, well, grainy, which I suppose is appropriate. But I feel like he could have been done better as well. I like the gimmick behind fighting Sandman, which I won't spoil if, if anyone goes to try this game. But let's just say that you had to think outside the box for that one. And once you figured it out, it was like, oh yeah, okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. So anyways, if you try that out... Uh, and you managed to figure it out, let me know what you, uh, what you think of that little solution. And, um, again, I think that is kind of all I've got to say about Spider-Man and the Kingpin. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts or opinions about this game, please feel free to let me know about them. Go ahead and, uh, sound off in the comments. Uh, let me know what you what you think of this episode, what you think of this particular series of uh, Spidey games. And uh, in the meantime, um, I think that is going to be the end. So I think with that, we have reached the end of the segment and, I believe, the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode of The Webline, please be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on my YouTube channel, simply named Spidey Librarian. The Webline is also available on audio services, so when you see us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or another such service, please leave a review and rating. You can find me on my socials under the name Spidey Librarian on Threads, Twitter slash X, Instagram, WordPress, and Twitch. Finally, if you'd like to shoot me an email, you can contact me at spideylibrarian at gmail.com, where I'll be happy to hear your thoughts, rants, and ideas. You never know. Your email might be featured 
in an upcoming episode. Be sure to join us next week on the webline, where I'll be joined by my friend and fellow YouTuber, Matt Cave Gaming, for another Spidey Games installment. We'll be talking about the broad scope of Spider-Man's history in video games and possibly going into some depth about our Spider-Man retro favorites. You don't want to miss this one. Thank you for listening, and until the next episode, I'll be wishing you a good day. <laughs>